2: part of a murderer's row of ball talk here's legendary pitcher and broadcaster jim cot on the ride with royce
3: jim cot is with us we are at the minnesota state fair jim
4: oh that's Hello. always an exciting time gosh uh Going back a few years, I remember seeing Randy Travis there. Oh, really?
3: Yeah. They, uh, yeah. they they still get the good grandstand shows here. Now, it's all of a sudden out of nowhere. Yesterday was hot and steamy for about four days. It's freezing out here today. We're getting typical Minnesota weather. Uh, they'll throw you a change-up, Jim.
4: Well, I hope it moves this way to Vermont because we had a uh, kind of a record heat index today. Of about 100, and we had a charity golf tournament going on, so it felt like we were down in the Keys.
3: Wow, and I I was watching a little of tennis today, and apparently they're boiling in New York City, too.
4: Yeah, it's really been uh, uh, global warming, I guess. (laughs)
3: So uh, up there in Vermont, are they uh, worried about the Red Sox?
4: Oh, total panic. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I texted some of my friends the other day, uh, one of my good golf buddies, and I said, now, I know they're rest and sail, and they're, they're kind of cruising, you, you can't get too comfortable or complacent, and, uh, I got reports back, we're already in panic mode. Of course, maybe <laughs> the Yankees losing last night, and the fact that they're gonna play Miami two games, and then the White Sox four, so, uh, they, they should be, you know, win a good share of those. But it doesn't take much for Red Sox Nation to start panicking when the Yankees creep a little close.
3: Yeah, they got uh, what seven and a half now. And it was uh, I, I was saying the same thing, because when I talked to you two weeks ago, they were declaring this to be the finest Red Sox team
4: they'd ever seen. Right. Oh, yeah. And they were going to set the record for wins. It's amazing we had this saying for years: "You're never as good as you look when you're winning, and you're never as bad as you look when you're losing." But you know, the Red Sox get swept by Tampa Bay, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, this is not the greatest team they put together. So, but I- I'll give credit to Alex Cora; he uh, he really handles himself well during this. He, you know, he rested uh, Martinez and. Benintendi the other day, and of course, all the media. Why you're on a losing streak? Why rest those guys? <laughs> he said, "We're sticking with our plan. We know these guys need some rest." And uh, so, I think you know they'll be fine. They get a good pitching performance or two. The the key uh, for the Yankees, they have six games left near the end of September, is to get within that six games where they really can put a lot of heat on the Red Sox.
3: Any, uh, not no real good information on sale either, whether they're going to, uh, ease it well, when down. I
4: asked Alex Cora, I did an Indians game there, what, two, yeah. two, yeah, a little over a week ago. And I looked him in the eye and I said, uh, if the playoffs started tomorrow, would you start sale? And he kind of grinned at me and he said, yeah, he'll be all right. <laughs> and uh, he started his throwing program today, so I, I don't know. I mean, Chris is, go along with a party line but I really don't think it's any more than just uh, giving him enough rest and hoping that he's much stronger in the playoffs than he was last year.
3: Hey Jim uh, you know we've spent a lot of time worried about the state of baseball but there's been some uh, and the American League's been fairly well cut and dried but can't, Tampa Bay going in and sweeping the Red Sox to get the nine games over 500 of course Oakland's a wonderful story there's a, there's some uh teams that have been strangely successful. There's been
4: a lot of bad teams, but there's been some strangely successful teams. The the sad thing is with those two teams you mentioned is I checked the attendance figures now. Yes. Tampa Bay did draw fairly well with the Red Sox, but you see these teams playing well and you look at the attendance and there's 8,000, 10,000. So, you know, that's that's where you'd like to see you know, uh, higher attendance. And of course, now when you pick up the sports pages starting from now till the rest of the winter, yeah. uh, football's getting, uh, top billing. You know, you read the Boston Globe and you got about six stories on Brady's new helmet and, uh, <laughs> and you got Patriots news. And then, oh yeah, by the way, the Red Sox are on pace to win 110 or something. So baseball kind of takes a back seat. Uh, in the news, and I think also in attendance come September.
3: Uh, yeah, uh, Tampa'll never draw. Oakland's a funny place because uh, you can go during the week and there'll be eight thousand, and then they'll have, uh, you know, some nice afternoon and the and they're playing well. They'll have forty on a weekend. I think they got. Uh, uh, they got uh, Houston coming up here pretty soon. Oh, interesting to see how they drop. Yeah, they that.
4: got beat by Houston last night, and I think with those two cities, and I've heard the commissioner say it, uh, they're going to have to get new stadiums, and in Tampa, particularly uh, a different location. Yes, and I think Oakland as well. Uh, or there's going to be some pressure to move those two franchises.
3: So the uh, Twins, we just found out, they were kind of hoping that. Uh, one of their uh, secret moves this year was to uh, sign Michael Pineda to a two-year deal, $2 year deal 2000000 this year, $8 million next year, when he was fully back from Tommy John. And they thought he was going to uh, get the pitch a little in September, and he was on track. And now he needs knee surgery, meniscus surgery. Boy. so uh, Yeah,
4: I, that- I, don't, I don't understand uh, the business side of these contracts uh, like you, Darvish. Yes. I mean as soon as he signed with the Cubs, I remember being in Florida and saying, I don't think he'll pitch six games this year. You know, I I mean he if you look at his track record, he's never really had, I think maybe one year of two hundred innings, but and then when you looked at the way he the look in his eyes in the World Series, he didn't look comfortable. Now I don't know how severe the injury is. It said he has elbow stress well, uh, I think a lot of us had that for about 20 years. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know how serious the injuries are, but teams get locked into these long-term contracts with no incentive clauses as to do you actually have to show up and earn the money, or do you just sign and you get it? I mean, that's where they're losing a lot of money.
3: Thank goodness. Uh, the Twins made an. uh uh, an offer for him. Uh, thank goodness he didn't accept it, huh? <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah. Well, the old, sometimes the best deals are the ones you don't make, but uh, yeah, these long-term deals, particularly with pitchers. Um, I mean, I've told general managers that I know before, you know, I said, I played for 25 seasons at 25, one year contracts. I never went on the disabled list with an arm injury. I had a broken wrist and a cracked kneecap. Um, uh, But I said, I wouldn't have given me a two-year contract. Pitchers are too fragile and unpredictable, and uh, you're just really risking it when you give a long-term contract, particularly to a guy that has had some arm injuries history in the past.
3: Okay, you popped your elbow in 67 uh, when the uh, Twins were going to win the pennant, the way you were pitching. Uh, and you were you were pitching again the next April, even though that basically would have been Tommy John surgery today.
4: Yeah, they didn't have the surgery then, and no. I had all winter to rest. <laughs> what would you do? You know, we we I think we find out that uh, in those in those days they really had to cut, and very seldom did you come back as good as you were before. And a lot of scar tissue forms around those injuries. This is what doctors have told me. So the next spring, when I began to throw, I could feel these little, kind of sharp jabs in my elbow. But it was the scar tissue and the adhesions. So what had they had loose. gone in?
3: What had they done, Jim? They had gone
4: in there? No, I I, uh, I didn't have any surgery.
3: Okay, okay.
4: No, and uh, but when I started to throw the next spring, I could tell I didn't have the same zip on the ball. But I, I was able to. Uh, to pitch for three years, you know, without being disabled. Of course Calvin set the standard back on at sixty six, so every year when I'd come in fourteen and ten, fourteen and twelve, two hundred <laughs> innings, dozen complete games, well that was worth a five thousand dollar cut <laughs> because you didn't win twenty. <laughs>
3: How much velocity did you lose? I mean you didn't have the gun then, but uh what, what did you do you could just uh, well, tell? I
4: I don't know. It was it was significant. I think I never was a you know a strikeout pitcher had a couple of decent years of that but uh you know you, you learn to pitch with it and I remember telling uh Buck Rogers Bob Rogers who was our bullpen coach after I'd spent six months on the disabled list in 72 and I wasn't pitching well in 63 but uh, 73 but I began to feel more life in my arm and I said Buck I know they're putting me on waivers. They're going to get rid of me, but I'm not done yet. I said, my arm is just starting to feel the way it felt before I heard it. And then, fortunately, I got hooked up with uh, Johnny Sain in Chicago and was able to have a couple successful years.
3: And only pitched, what, 13 more years or something like that after you got waived?
4: Yeah, another, another 10, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think a lot of these MRIs and and x-rays and stuff, they they get so afraid when they see that the arm doesn't look normal. But I don't think any pitcher's arm is going to look normal because pitching isn't a normal exercise. If it was, we'd be walking around with our hands and arms up above our head and not at our side.
3: You heard any good rumors on uh, what's going to happen in Washington here? I mean, they they took the big plunge, and uh, now they're, you know, the – Philadelphia and Atlanta were both waiting for him for a little while, and uh, boy, they just—they're—they're going to end up finishing under 500.
4: Yeah, I think unless they really—they have some games, I'm sure, with Atlanta and Philadelphia. Yeah. They're playing Philadelphia right now, but I think the big—the uh, big decision that Mike Rizzo will have to wait on is where Harper's going to go. Is he going to stay there? Yeah, and you know he's. He's pretty coy at not tipping his hand. Scott Boris, is always, his agent's always been very close to uh, Mike Rizzo. Yeah. In fact, a lot of people refer to him as the assistant general manager of the <laughs> Nationals. So whether that will influence but I him, but I, I would sort of feel that Harper's going to move on, and then that's going to dictate uh, what they want to do with that franchise, and uh, whether they're going to rebuild it, because they've had all this talent for years, and they just... Yeah can never get over that final hurdle to uh, to get to the World Series yeah, it's, uh, they had the uh, best yeah. shot at it when, Stra- when they shut Strasburg down yeah. uh, and he was pitching you know like a Cy Young award winner and they shut him down and didn't make it and I think that's the big mistake they look back at and say we shouldn't have done that
3: some people I, I can't see them going to the Cubs do you I mean as loaded as they are why would they do that You mean Harper? Harper, yeah.
4: Yeah, I I would. Of course, nowadays with free agent, uh, and that's the reason for it, the player can kind of go where he'd like to go. Now, he's from Las Vegas and I believe lives out there, so it would lead you to believe he might want to go to the Dodgers, or some team out there. And certainly they have enough money.
3: Yeah, they uh, apparently, uh, uh, the word out there, though, is they don't know if they're going to sign Manny, so then they, you know, if they... If they don't sign Manny, then you, you, a lot of rumors, a lot of people expect Manny to end up in Philadelphia, I guess.
4: Great time in baseball to be a free agent, isn't it?
3: <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, it is. So uh, who do you like in the National League? I'm getting to like the Cubs more and more, even uh, without... Darby. Yeah, I
4: agree with you. I think that they're they're sort of uh, similar to what they did last year when they... They were treading water for the first half of the year, and then they all they, all of a sudden they get it together. Hendricks is now pitching well and, and Lester. and it is, As it is with most teams, I think, in this day of specialization, you know, who's bullpen? Do they get Morrow back, and is their bullpen solid? Uh, because, well, we don't see many complete games in postseason, so that's usually where they're decided.
3: Hey Jim, uh, we have the state amateur baseball tournament going on. This is the final weekend coming up here. This uniquely a Minnesota event. Uh, New Prague and Shakopee are hosting it this week. But uh, you should see some of these outstate ballparks they're building. It's incredible.
4: If if I were there, I'd be doing the game for KSMM and Shakopee. That's where <laughs> I did radio work in the off season. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah it's it's uh yeah, well, you know minnesota baseball it's been so good back in the, the days when we all had town ball you know yeah. every little town myself included in in zealand michigan we all had our little adult uh, team yeah. you know we called it semi-pro and played every little town in the area and and you know better than I do uh, how popular that was in Minnesota for well, years. Still
3: have, we still have 300 teams in Minnesota, I think more than any place in the country. It's, it's survived oh, here. That's it's great. Amazing.
4: Yeah, I, I know. Uh, I think even Al Worthington, years back, played some town ball in Minnesota somewhere. In
3: my hometown for my old man, Folda, Minnesota. He's married to my second cousin because <laughs> he, he met her in Fulda, Minnesota right <laughs> yeah yeah he, he pitched there and he made more money there than he did his first three years in minor league baseball <laughs> you know
4: the, yeah i could believe that i remember coming back from class c ball in 58 making 300 dollars a month and uh, i got a call from bob sullivan he had a very uh, well-known semi-pro team sullivan's furniture they went all over the country and he said we got uh, a couple games coming up he said uh, if you think you're okay to pitch, you know, our season ended on Labor yeah. Day and still playable for baseball in September in Michigan. He said, uh, uh, give you 25 bucks if you pitch, 50 if you win. <laughs> so I pitched, uh, two more weekend games and made a third of my salary <laughs> pitching town games. That's right. Hey, uh, Jim, we'll talk to you again next week. I'll look forward to it, Patrick. Take care.
3: All right, the great Jim Cott And uh, we'll get him on one more time Before this is all over Uh, We'll be back, Josh Arnold is here Josh Arnold is here At the State Fair with us He's Mr. Money Talk 952-925-5608 You can call that number And set up your no obligation consultation
2: Josh's day at the fair uh, What do you want to tell us about sir? What do I want to tell you about? Yes. Uh, of course. I'm not going to talk about volatility. No, because there was not not a lot of volatility, and today and probably the rest of this week, markets are going to be pretty thin. As as we've said before, most of the traders are on vacation. That said, we'll say, well, the media seems to focus, you know, on on politics, and the market's climbing a wall of worry about uh, what's going to happen with. With the president, the market, however, is seems to be more more focused on earnings, earnings, and more earnings, and earnings continue to be good. Add to that, the consumer confidence number is up, and for all the media and political buzz that the tax cuts uh, were only for the rich, well, concerns um, concerns must have uh, been more. Or I'll say consumers are uh, more concerned with all the money that they have in their pockets. You just have to witness some of the retail numbers that have been coming out. Numbers not just coming from some of my favorites like Apple or Amazon. But you've got to look at Target and Home Depot. Today it was Best Buy, DSW, and Tiffany's. These uh, these definitely are not consumer staples. These are consumer discretionary companies. They continue to print, uh, print money. Uh, and people are... Buying a lot of stuff. Next month, the story could change. But in the meantime, keep up uh, with my asset allocation model of up to 30% in cash up to 30% in dividend payers and 40% more in growth stocks so how, do we, do well.
3: how do we invest in the state fair? That's what I want to do, Josh I want to invest in the state
2: fair Well, there's a big pot of chocolate chip cookies <laughs> These came right out of here.
3: nowhere and they were not ordered, but uh, we appreciate it Thank you for stopping by, Josh, talk to you tomorrow
0: Thank you very much, Patrick Investment Advisor Services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investors Investments involve risk.
4: Gray tees it up and knocks it down
1: from three. Gray, she got it. Now, just to finish, do you know that what was the result?
2: Three 0
1: Three 0 Do you know what this means? Three 0 but also mean three premierships, and I won more premierships alone than the other 19 managers together. Three for me, and two for them. Respect, respect,
3: respect man, respect, respect, respect. That was, uh, we, we haven't had a sports person of the day out here uh, at the State Fair, but we needed one after seeing Jose Marino, the uh, coach of, uh, the manager they call him in uh, soccer, right? The manager? Yes. Of Manchester United. They lost three and zero, three to zero yesterday to the Tots, the Tottenham Spurs on a Monday. Uh, worst loss in uh, the they've the first time they've lost two out of three to start a season in I don't know since 1992 or something. So Jose <laughs> Marino. Great. of course, Jose, uh, we we grew to love Jose last month when he was in uh, the United States for that <laughs> series of international cup. Of matches
5: and it was like exhibition and he, games. And basically. he
3: basically, they were getting ready to go down to Miami and play in front of eighty thousand people. And he said, "I don't know why anybody go to these games they are ridiculous." He's fantastic. Would
5: not paid to watch these teams.
3: He, uh, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't pay to watch these teams. He said. Uh, so yesterday he went nuts with the reporters because they were grilling him about this embarrassing 3-0 defeat to Tottenham. And he pointed out that he has won more. Uh, championships uh, than uh, every other coach in the league uh, put together. He's won three, and uh, everybody else has won
5: two. I <laughs> just love he, he walked out just saying, respect, respect, respect. respect.
3: <laughs> I won, he says, so they were saying, what, what, 3-0, what's that mean, 3-0? 3 nil, 3-0. 3 nil. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, the guy's fun, man. I'd love to have him. Oh, yeah, we, we got Adrian. We like Adrian, too, but... Uh, uh, I think he's got to get over here and uh, coach a team in this league, don't you? Coach, That'd be great. Because he's going to get fired in Man- Manchester United. <laughs> They've all apparently he's a guy that uh, he lasts his, he wears out his welcome. He ah, uh, uh, so he's yeah, as you like, can see, as he's you ca- can see, kind of like Larry Brown
5: that. a little bit, where he just kind of goes there for a little bit and wears yeah. out his welcome, and people get kind of tired. No, who's yes. the other guy? The guy in hockey,
1: a uh, uh, Trots or not Trots, a uh, uh, Tots. What was the guy? The guy that Columbus.
3: Oh, Barry Trotz. Yeah, well, he was there 15 years. No, no, no. I'm thinking of Tortorella. Tortorella. That's what I'm thinking of.
1: Oh, right? Tortorella. Torts. Torts. Yeah, Torts. Yeah, yeah. Torts. That's what oh, oh, yeah. I'm thinking of. Tort. Because he always leaves in a blaze of glory. Jacques, you
3: know? <laughs> uh, well, Jacques Demers was like the tough guy of, of Mike Keenan before Mike. You remember Mike oh, Keenan? Oh, yeah. yeah. He changed jobs every, you know. He, he'd come in when they got a We need a tougher coach. Yep. And a year later, they'd fire him. Uh, well, Jock Demers was that guy before him. And Sanmore had the greatest line about him. He said, he's got a four-year contract and a two-year act. He said. <laughs> 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 and uh, I think Jose might have that. But uh, uh, sports person of the day, Jose Marina, uh, who had a little meltdown after Manchester United's 3-0 loss to Tottenham. Now, I have no idea why they're playing a Monday game in the Premier League, but uh, I guess they don't have any respect for weekends over there or something like that. So, anyway, Manchester United, of course, was the uh, they were the Yankees of that league for years and years and years, but it isn't that way anymore, and uh, they're having a hard time accepting that. Sports person of the day. Uh, we're going to talk to Collar a little later about the uh, new center here and uh, where the— uh, Last exhibition game is Thursday, and then you got to submit your final roster by, what, Saturday morning yes. or something yep. like that? Sounds so about right, yep. This gets, you know what we got, don't you? As we approach cut-down day, don't you? Controversy?
5: Too much talent. Oh, yeah. Talent. Uh, too oh, yeah. much
3: talent. We're going to have to cut some good players. All right, we'll be back.
5: The ride with Royce rolls on live at the Minnesota State Fair. Johnny Height has a sports update hello thank, john thank you manny hey, uh,
0: hello hi thank you
5: hi john <laughs> you I,
1: know i got a bone to pick uh-oh yes chris the host just you know he said he had to go i've had to pee since gl started <laughs> well, not only not only that the host <laughs> yeah, standing right there, right there. The <laughs> <laughs> there's a line there's he said <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah, i don't I'll give you a line or two. The Twins
0: are, <laughs> the twins are in Cleveland to play the Indians this evening. Kyle Gibson. Oh he's coming back.
1: <laughs> oh, so, someone give me a Gatorade bottle. Kyle Gibson goes for the Twins.
0: Carlos Carrasco for Cleveland. Your Twins line up uh, to face Mr. Carrasco. <laughs> I'm Mauer, here. Maurer at first base leads off. Forsyth hits second at second base. Eddie Rosario hitting third in left field. Miguel Sano hits cleanup. He's playing third base. Kepler hits fifth in right field. Austin DHing at uh, hitting sixth. Cave is in center field hitting seventh. Garver catches and hits eighth. And Adrianza will play shortstop and hit. Do of-
3: you think that uh, the the uh, analytics crowd mm-hmm. that whined for five years to have Joel hit first? Yep. Kind of now walks around in a permanent state of arousal because he's leading <laughs> off. he's been leading off now for about three months. Oh, yeah. yeah. pretty much for three months. This, I got a question for this you. This is sir. what they've always dreamed of. How's it worked out in the standings there, by the way? Okay. <laughs> I, well,
5: got a, I got a question for you, sir. Do you think they'll bring Forsyth back? Yeah, I think they might have to. Because Gordon doesn't, Gordon's not no, hitting. No, he's not ready. And, you know, he's not ready yet, so you're no. probably in. Yeah, Forsythe, they don't have a,
3: solid. They, they don't have an infield. They don't have a, another middle infielder yeah. that's near, anywhere near ready.
1: I also, is this true? that I heard this on FSN, so you have to take it with a grain of salt, but <laughs> especially when it comes to Joe, he's leading the American League in batting average with runners in yeah, scoring position?
3: One year, he did that, too, and he had, like, 52 RBIs. Well, that's okay, well, that,
5: that's what my follow up was going to be. A, he, never has a never has anybody on base. He,
3: he, you know, he loops one to left, and then the guy goes from second to third. and doesn't <laughs> score. Him, <you> know? <laughs> I mean, he doesn't. He's always got a high batting average that leads to nothing. I don't quite get it.
0: The, uh, by the way, Patrick, you asked me about three hours ago about the weather. It was 92 this afternoon in Cleveland. So was it? it's, wow, yeah. it's sticky there. The apparently.
3: east is, uh, well, Jim Cott just told us it's 100 degrees in Vermont, for goodness sake.
1: <laughs> I like cities on water. Joe's yeah, the only guy alive that likes Cleveland.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Michael Pineda has been diagnosed with a torn meniscus in his right knee. He will not pitch in the majors this season. Of course, the Twins were hoping to get him up to pitch a little bit, at least, in September.
1: Uh, Is this significant? I mean, is he going to miss time next year now because of
0: this? They weren't sure. Molitor addressed that today with reporters and said they weren't sure what uh, their course of action would be or how long.
5: Oh, but it doesn't cause him to get larger. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh,
3: He's a big guy.
5: Well, because there's different kinds of meniscus tears, too. Yeah. Write
3: down real quickly, gentlemen, all the good things that have happened to the 2018 Twins. Hmm. Eddie Rosario, number one. Burrios made the
1: all-star team. Yeah, but he's... Okay. It still has been a step forward,
3: yeah, even though it's... I'm it's, saying good, good thing, really ed, good thing. Eduardo Escobar was pretty good, uh, and yeah, and then, a,
5: and then they yeah. traded him.
3: They they got, traded him. <laughs> on my list stops at one. Eddie
1: Rosario. One. Eddie Rosario. They yeah. did enhance the craft beer selection at Target Field. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty right. good. Yeah, it's a good thing. Uh, Even though it cost
0: Tyler, you $22 a Might blast. be two and he's been here 2 weeks. <laughs> now the only thing with him when I uh, I followed him a bit with the Yankees, he if missed. he doesn't Yeah, if he doesn't hit the ball a long way, yeah, he, he tends not to hit it at all. Yes, so we'll see. But we're teaching him
3: stuff the Yankees could never teach. There him. you go. Yep. You know, you saw how the Yankees screwed up Aaron Hicks once he got there. <laughs> <didn't you? laughs>
1: he does look the like the kind of guy though. You wouldn't want to be around in a bar fight, mm-hmm. Tyler Austin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he is a brick outhouse, <laughs> man. Uh, by the way, Aldoberto
0: Mejia, also done for the season. He's got nerve issues with his left arm. Uh, Add that to
3: another, the list. <laughs> another another finely honed athlete as he heads into the offseason. He's only
5: 195 pounds.
3: He and Panetta might weigh
6: 600 between them next oh, spring. Yikes. Joe is hitting 424 with runners in scoring position this year. Just How hard. many right. RBIs
3: wow. he got there, Murph? He...
6: Has 36 RBIs. Okay. That,
3: oh my God. <laughs> no, that's mathematically
5: impossible. How is that possible?
6: He has 39 total. 36 of them are with runnings in scoring position, So 39 total RBIs. Okay. Oh, and he huh. had two home runs a year,
1: though? <laughs> I think he's up to three this year. He's, oh, getting, I'm sorry. No, he's no, got no, no. five. You guys are saw him
0: short.
6: Uh,
1: that's right. true. I'm sorry, Murph. You're right. I'm with, I'm with We're Murph. not being very kind.
0: I'm with Murph on this one. So there you go. Uh, Adrian Heath show tonight from this very stage. Yes. yes. We better clean up the stage there before yeah. Adrian shows uh, what do we got we laying got there? We got animal, uh,
3: animal poop. poop, yes. Yeah, yeah. Where, I, I've been wait a walking minute. in that. where did that come from? Well, we,
5: we from? blamed you. We figured it's probably I, on your where, shoes. Where did prob- that come from? I think it probably came from when uh but that's oh, from no, the cow was over here yesterday. That's from the poop from yesterday. Yeah. Leftover. We were trying but to we warn. We well, Come on. When Tibbs came up here yesterday, we were trying to warn Tibbs not to step in. Yes. Well, Tibbs
3: was not stepping
5: in. Yeah, he stepped around it. Probably me.
1: Pat, speak of that. Did you hear that? Brilliant sushere animal question yesterday. What? what? what he, Do they the, have
3: boy chicken? No, he <laughs> have <to. laughs> Boy chicken. It was
1: a Scottish cow. You know they have the big they have the big horn rack. Yeah. And Joe <laughs> said, "Did you have to get it from Scotland?"
3: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Just. I I sorry. I gotta clean up the poop here.
0: Okay.
1: All right, I'll, well, I'll, Pat's out.
3: I'll tell you. Adi- what else you got, John?
1: Adrian
0: Heath is on tonight at 6 from this very stage on 1500 ESPN.
1: All right. That You know what? That, that's enough out of you. Yeah. We're going to step it, aside, uh... and Matthew Collar will join us here as the Ride with Roycey continues. Mm-hmm. Portion of the Ride with Roycey today live at the Minnesota State Fair is brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Garden mm-hmm. Stores. Proud sponsors of the beer show Thursday nights on 1500 ESPN and... Matthew Collar's appearance is brought to you by Roycey Waste Removal Service here at the Minnesota State Fair.
3: <laughs> That's what I'd love to do, by the way. I wish I owned a garbage truck. because guy could get exercise and there'll always be a job. Oh, yeah. Right? All right, Collar. Uh, how's our new center
6: look? <laughs> oh, uh, fantastic. He was uh, only wearing a helmet and no pads, but... Uh, He certainly looks like a man who could possibly play in the NFL. I mean, you know, when you're trading for somebody else's offensive lineman, it kind of tells you where that guy is at. But I think as far as grabbing something off the trash heap for a seventh-round pick, they actually got a fairly competent player. And I would suspect that Brett Jones is playing in week one under center, or at the center at least.
3: So uh, has the – I suppose the coach you'll find. When is the did the coach do his press conference today? Because the game is Thursday, or when's he talking?
6: Who uh, Zimmer, you mean? Zimmer, yeah. Uh yeah, he did one today. I was actually on the side doing a one-on-one with John D. Filippo, so I didn't see his comments. Uh, but, but but I wondered how um, he.
3: I I the the fact that we are now all hysterical about what the meaning for Elf line is. I wonder how Zim taking that.
6: Well, I thought it was interesting at least that he revealed the other day that Elfline wasn't going to practice at all this week, but then also said that they don't plan on keeping him on the physically unable to perform list, but that would mean he was going to be out for six weeks. So I guess what our conclusion is is that he will be back at some point, but as the clock is ticking toward week one, it just seems less and less likely that there's any chance he could come back with no training camp and no preseason whatsoever. So if I were to fancy a guess at where this thing is at, I would say he's probably going to practice fairly soon, but you're going to see Brad Jones at center in week one, and you're going to see Elfline maybe week two or beyond that. But, you know, this is a thing that was supposed to be resolved well before this. I mean, he was supposed to be back at the beginning of camp, and then we kept hearing each week, oh, he'll be back soon, he'll be back soon. And the longer this lingers, the more of a concern it is.
3: Yeah, but uh, so if if they pop him, then he, he he so so basically they'll just have one less player, right? Uh, when the, on the, on the on the list then, for until yeah, he can play yeah. again, you got you got to carry him on. What do you got to carry him on the uh, on the fifty three, right?
6: Correct. Yeah, he's yeah. going to be on the fifty three, and and that and that just means that you know maybe they'll have ten offensive linemen to start, and then cut somebody or something like that, or maybe cut from a another position that they normally would, would want to keep somebody there, but that's kind of the challenge at, at multiple different positions. I mean, McKenzie Alexander is hurt, and it's unclear whether he's going to be back for week one, so they might have to kind of do the same thing there. I mean, it's it's been much more of an injury-riddled uh, training camp than it was last season. I feel like this has been a pretty big story of guys kind of going down and not knowing when they're coming back and things like that.
5: So, Collar, what's your gut feeling on what the offensive line, what the five guys will look like come week one against San Francisco?
6: Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, you have Riley Reif, who looked a lot better against Seattle, and that was a really good sign because I think he struggled against Jacksonville, and I was concerned about that because the second half of his season was not so great last year when he was battling an injury. And I think your left guard is going to be Brett Jones. I, I don't like the idea of Tom Compton having to start 16 games there. He's more of a guy that is a fill-in for, for a game or two here or there, kind of a hold on for dear life type of guy. And then when Elfline comes back, you'll have him. But Brett Jones will probably start week one at center, and then at left guard, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I think probably Compton for, for the first game unless anything changes or maybe they go with Isadora. And then you'll have Mike Remmers at right guard and Rashad Hill at right tackle. I think it's become more and more clear that Brian O'Neill is not ready to be the starting right tackle, that he, in that third preseason game he was the third right tackle to play in the game. So I think it's clear-cut Rashad Hill is your starter there. And if your line is healthy with Elf line back in the middle, it's not average and it's not good, but it might be serviceable, and I think that's probably the best they can hope for.
3: Well, they're going to have to let Brett Jones uh, have a few snaps on uh, Thursday, I would think. Huh? So, is he? Will he be the? Will they play the number one offensive line for a series or two, or not?
6: Yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, not uh, Remmers or Rashad Hill. Those guys should probably use a few reps. I, I guess I wouldn't be completely stunned because they've missed such a big uh, portion of camp if they did get in there for uh, at least maybe one. But I know Brett Jones for sure he's going to play, he'll be probably the starting center. And I think if he shows them enough that he's picked up on just from being around here for a few days and then he can show in practice that he's getting the offense fairly quickly, then he can earn the start. But, yeah, he's he, I did a uh, radio appearance today in, in Nashville, and they asked, so what are you watching for? I'm like, uh, Brett Jones, does that get you guys excited? But, I mean, that's kind of the thing to watch is what he looks like uh, at center in, in the snaps that he does get.
3: So, you think Shermer called up Zim and says, Hey, I got an extra center. Do you want him?
6: Yeah, I think so. I think that probably was part of the conversation. I know that uh, Mike Zimmer did mention that Pat Shermer was involved, that Shermer called him and kind of told him what to expect from Jones. And I, I wouldn't be completely stunned if that was a part of the conversation of like, Hey, uh, Shermer, can you help us out a little? We got you that head coaching job in New York, you know, so. Uh, but I, I mean, this guy is actually an average offensive lineman with starting experience, which is better than what I thought that they were going to get. I I thought they were probably going to end up with someone who is was completely washed up, or that they were going to end up with another Rashad Hill type off of somebody else's cut list, or you know somebody you know wants to sneak him through to the practice squad and they pick him up. So getting a guy who started, I believe, at 16 games, and at least by his pro football focus numbers, hasn't been too bad. I, I mean, that, that's more than I would have thought they'd be able to get for depth.
3: Okay, uh, Pat Shermer, uh, New York media. Beckham does something goofy. How's he going to handle it? Is he going to be okay? Oh, will man. he just not say anything? How's he going to handle the New York media? Because Beckham will do something ah. goofy. There's that's for sure.
6: Yeah, that that that's a great question and. I feel a little bad for Pat Shermer because he's in that situation and it's not really his strong point. I think his strong point is drawing up plays and calling those plays in the West Coast offense. I don't know if it's handling a media firestorm or handling a player that may or may not have been on video doing cocaine and eating pizza. (laughs) I mean, Beckham is a total loose cannon, but the other part of it, though, is Shermer found ways to get through to Vikings players. I mean, they're a little bit different between someone like Adam Thielen and Odell Beckham <laughs> as far as how they look at themselves. But but then again, he always seems to have this sort of democratic way of going about things that players really loved and bought into. So maybe it's, it's possible, especially if he's getting the guy the ball all the time, which is what I would be doing, um, that he could sort of rein him in. But I do think when the media comes at him, That's going to be pretty tough, because that is not really his strong point.
3: So, uh, speaking of Thielen, uh, how long did we
6: think he might be injured today? Well, it's hard to figure it out. I mean, he basically, I didn't see exactly when he went down, but he was kind of limping, and it looked like some sort of left ankle thing. I mean, just from my view pretty hard to tell and you know you'd be surprised pat that uh, zimmer didn't run over and tell us what was going on right away with the injury <laughs> well then uh, he, kind of, he came back out too
3: right dylan so uh...
6: yeah it, it didn't look like anything serious it looked like it, it might have just been you know a tweak or he kind of turned his ankle a little bit like when you're playing basketball and you come down on somebody else's shoe or something like that uh it did, it didn't seem like it was serious he wasn't like wincing or is, you know screaming in pain. He just kind of limped off a little bit. But when you see that and then you see who goes in next, you realize they need Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen for <laughs> 16 games to be healthy because the next man up was Kendall Wright who hasn't done a darn thing in the entire training camp or preseason. Hey, uh, you, are you out at the fair tomorrow? Um, are
3: you, are maybe. I haven't tomorrow? gotten
6: my invite from Judd yet. I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm concerned. Right. Maybe he's mad.
3: Well, there's a big uh, gob of cow poop down here in front of the stage, so uh, watch yourself if you come out here. It's been there kicking, for two uh, days. The
6: Vikings, so. the Vikings kicking situation is out there? <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, but we're all praying he misses a couple more just to drive Judd off the deep end uh, this week, don't
6: you think? <laughs> I know. I know. Nobody was happier than me sitting next to Judd. I was like, I, I'm so glad I'm here. I'm so glad I'm here. And then I just I couldn't wait. As, uh, until the column came out, so yeah, bad. the Vikings are screwed because of their kicker. It's it's, very, it's it's on brand for Judd, and I was happy for him because he was so. Uh, Reavers about had that. a good uh, Reavers had a good
3: idea for the next podcast. Yes. Judd versus Judd. He argues with himself. Would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I
5: would
6: sa- I would I'll say that Daniel Carlson needs to have a good night on Thursday. I would okay. say that. If
3: not for his sake, for Judd's. Okay, thank
6: you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Eventually, Judd's mind will just completely blow up inside his skull. Yes, it will. (laughs) See you later.
3: (laughs) This is Ricey for Jim Paul's Valley Group of GM Dealers. Hutchinson, two stores in Hastings, my guys in Apple Valley. And guess what's going on? Uh, they will never scream sale, 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 but they will tell you hurry, hurry, hurry because they ordered too many 2017 Buicks. They're admitting it, and now they want to uh, let you take advantage of that. They are offering prices for these 2017s. Unbelievable. I buy, I drive a 2017 Buick LaCrosse. fine machine. 29990 they are starting at. Big discounts on encores and enclaves. They ordered too many of them. They're admitting it. And they got to move them because the 2019s are right around the corner. And uh, they uh, got to get rid of the 2017s. Uh, Listen, the Valley Group gives you the best possible deal on a daily basis. And right now, the best possible deal you can imagine on 2017 Buicks. Check them out do you
6: have the time to listen to me whine
2: now on the ride with roycy let's hear the boys daily complaints
3: it has been learned that today is tuesday i thought it was wednesday when i got here but tomorrow will be wednesday we'll have a Cracker Jack show i among the uh, guests tomorrow Curry's going to make his head oh nice all right uh, nice the great eric curry he's now an expert on on, you know, he's expert on college basketball. He's expert on a lot of things. He's now an expert on women's college basketball because uh, uh, Kelly Roysland, his right. bride, is uh, one of the Gophers' assistants. So he can give us some inside info on that. Uh, a couple other guests uh, coming up tomorrow. Johnny Krasinski will be here at the top of the hour for about a half hour or so. Talks of wolves and other matters. So another great day at the fair. And I believe the sun's supposed to come out. And we're supposed to get rid of this. Uh, rain, and uh, I don't think it'll be as cold tomorrow either, will it, gentlemen?
1: I don't think so. It's going to be about mid-70s tomorrow, according to Dave Dahl's Channel 5 forecast. Uh, I do have just a very brief daily complaint. Uh, Yes. We don't have enough animals on this show uh, (laughs) between 1 and 6. I think we should do 1 an hour. 1 an hour, bring them on out. Yeah,
3: we do. You know, This will be one of the greatest things (laughs) that's happened in the history of American radio, and we have no more suture shows at the fair. It'll be he leaves crap all over the place. It's uh, it's awful. Hey, Adrian Heath Show coming up momentarily yes. right here, right here on the uh, stage. And I was just in there talking to him for 10 seconds about my new hero, Jose Marino, the coach of, uh, <laughs> of the uh, Manchester United who went nuts yesterday. All right, uh, three more days at the fair. We'll see you tomorrow.
1: 1500 ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. The Ride with Royce will be back here at 4 o'clock. Until then, enjoy your night.